0: It's Cofield and Company. Mocha Jane can shove it. I don't like Mocha Jane at all. She's got a real attitude. Don't worry about who's parking in the handicap spots, Mocha Jane. (laughs) You could do one of these because you think your friend would hate it. So a lesson everyone else. Put something on. I know we're all locked down and you're really comfy, letting your uh, twigs and berries bounce around. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield. ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go. Game five on deck. Golden Knights trying to close it out. Didn't think I'd be saying that middle of last week. Trying to close it out in game five at home at the Fortress against the Wild. Adam Hill is here. Here is the Orleans Bailiwick. We're inside Bailiwick. Stop on by after four o'clock and uh, they'll have the game on here. Great happy hour. We'll tell you about that in a little bit. Tons of TVs. First class, high end. Sports Pub, so come on down. Orleans is the spot tonight, and I'll be hanging out through the first period this evening. Trending at two o'clock, much to get to. Uh, we start off with the news that Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers not at OTAs. What <laughs> is this all part of the NFLPA? It's not a strike, but uh, trying to make a statement to the NFL. Hey, you know what? Last year worked. We were at a distance. It was fine. It's not safe yet. Lots of people are still catching COVID, you know, as we know, and especially states like Wisconsin, you know, I actually can't say that. I don't know what the rate is in Wisconsin in terms of vaccination rates. I do know that there is a pretty intense split between uh, red and blue states (laughs) in terms of people are vaccinated. So I'll I'll look up what's going on in Wisconsin. But that was the original concern about a month ago when – the Players Association brought this up. They're like, uh, it worked last year, but they don't need to be in for OTAs, and
1: we don't have COVID under control yet, so why put the players at risk? Well, and the, the NFLPA has kind of amended that in the last couple of days and said it never really had anything to do with COVID. Right. That was just kind of a, uh, one of the things that was, that was being brought up. This was more uh, about the way that last offseason went and how you know it can be addressed going forward to say, hey, how can it look more similar to that? You know, there was a there was a time in the NFL, of course, the time when salaries were much, much lower and uh, the money wasn't what it was, but, like, your season would end. I mean, think about this, how it hasn't it hasn't been that long. I mean, it's been, you know, 40, 50 years, but your season would end, and then you'd show back up at training camp. Sure. You go get a job. I mean, back <laughs> right. in the 50s and 60s, <laughs> right. you go get a job,
0: smoke three packs a day, drink yeah. a lot of beer, come in with a giant gut out of shape, and you'd lose, like,
1: 10 pounds and be ready to go like Art Donovan. Yeah, nothing against big art, and so now it's it's a it's a year round job, and you know we understand that the money is is much much greater, and the commitment is much higher, and all those things. Although some people would, you know, fight. Back in the day, they were so much more committed. No, they weren't. Uh, you, they by weren't, the way, are you going to skip an opportunity to do your art Donovan impression? I don't have
0: an art. Donovan oh, you don't anymore. have one? He's a little before my time. Okay, he's kind of he's kind of that. I mean, I've seen him. He's the old he's the old big galoot, and then he was a great storyteller years and years and years on NFL films. You know. Like, oh, I would yeah. smoke a pack of cigarettes and then I would have a sub. That's what I did in the off season. It's not really him, but you know, so he, he would pop up on Letterman. He was a big Letterman
1: guest. That, I think that's where I've seen him the most. But but I feel like you were drank re- a lot of coffee, trying to get me to do mine because you just wanted to do yours. Well, is, is how I really I really
0: didn't, but I really thought you did one because no. it's a lot. Art Donovan is a lot like the average keyboard
1: warrior who goes sure. after
0: you. Sure, just a little bit of a Northeast accent.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, he was hilarious. I, I say was. I'm assuming he's dead. I have no idea. Um, but, yeah, it, it's it's a whole new time now. And, passed and- away seven years ago. Okay.
0: And I actually did get the accent correct. He's from the Bronx but died in Baltimore.
1: Okay. Well, Baltimore is the worst accent of anyone. Yes. As a former Marylander myself.
0: But I think he was mostly in New York. I have to go back and I've to go back and watch the film. <laughs> Sorry, Art Donovan. I don't know why we're taking shots at you. But, yeah, you know, he, was, he was that kind of... That six foot three hundred big loot, and he was gigantic at the time and again, you know, wasn't wasn't lifting weights during the offseason.
1: It's fair. He was the epitome of you know, your season ends and you do not see the team facility again until training camp starts.
0: Right. by the way, team facility <laughs> Yeah, <that's> true. <laughs> not, of, not quite what they are today. Exactly.
1: Um, <laughs> the, the college that you work out work out at locally. Sure. It's and it's totally different now, but I think players are looking at it and saying, wait, there is no more offseason. Like there literally is no off season now. And players said, well, last year we weren't able to come in. We still were in great shape. The game still looked really good. They claimed that the injury rate was way down. There's another way to measure where maybe it wasn't, and, and the teams have their own measurements of what injury rates were last year. But they're saying injury rates are way down. The, the, the level of play was not affected on the field. Why are we doing it this way? What can we do to look at altering ways to uh, run OTAs and run off-seasons and not have players come in and be in the facility every single day during the off-season? Uh, how can you amend some of that? And so the Players Association said, let's just not show up this year and let's see how that works out. Now, that has changed in a lot of places. I think 22 different teams uh, agreed to kind of a hybrid uh, offseason workout plan and uh, have changed the way that they do things in the offseason, limited the amount of practices, limited the amount of contact, limited the amount of danger and pads, all those sorts of things, um, and kind of really adjusted uh, to suit what the players want to do. Um, but I don't necessarily think to circle back to how this started. Aaron Rodgers isn't there, not for any of these things. Aaron Rodgers isn't there, right? Because Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to play for the Packers anymore. Well, he has
0: no guarantees in his contract either.
1: Yeah, but he does have he does have workout bonuses that he's not getting for not being. Oh, he him. does. Yeah, he's skipping out on.
0: Him? Yeah.
1: Oh, he does have a workout bonus. Okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, Raiders start tomorrow.
1: Is that right? Well, today it, it, it's okay. weird. Um I think that you know, there's no, there's no media access at least for today and tomorrow. But I do think you know their players are there. If you look at their Instagram stories and social they're media, up. they're around. Uh, and I know they're expected uh, to have a real high turnout, right? Yeah, yeah, it looks like it. I saw Derek Carr was at the beach, so I don't think he is going to be there. Uh, right. Maybe he is. Maybe it was his last beach run. But I, I we'll know you check Instagram. That that's that's how you get everything. Scoopage
0: now. on IG. Yeah.
1: Uh, basketball
0: trending at two, uh, Lakers Clippers done. Is that over? Because you know, uh, yeah. you know, the panic over the weekend, especially from the national folks who, you know, are going to, I say it every year, the NBA is the ultimate zigzag sport in the playoffs. And
1: yet every loss is the end of the world. Well, unless, unless you, I mean, like I saw some Lakers fans that when the Clippers lost, they were just like rubbing it in. It's over. ha. Ha. Where was all, you know, all this right. trash talk, and then the Lakers lost. Like, who cares? It's yeah. one game Not a big deal. One game. One game. <laughs> Wait, what? That's Art Donovan right there. Yeah. Not a big deal.
0: <laughs> like where, where did this come from? Uh, did you expect the Knights to be sitting here at 3-1?
1: And in the fashion they got to 3-1 over uh, the weekend. Holy moly. Yeah, I don't think 3-1 is the most surprising nah. result in the world. Uh, but the way that 3-1 happened. How about 9 nothing 9 nothing since the first period of Game 2. Well, 9-2... But, I mean, they've scored two goals, haven't counted. Game three? Game three, right? I think I got that wrong. Game scored, three. Scored one in game three, one in game four, neither one of them counted. Yeah. So, they've they put the puck in the net twice. They haven't counted. I think, I mean, those those two plays, when you look back on how this series played out and, you know, how how we've arrived at this point, those are the two biggest plays in the series by far. Uh the game three, in a you know in a tied series, they're dominating the game. The Wild are they go up three nothing, pretty much you know putting a huge, hole, putting you in a huge hole if you're the Vegas Golden Knights. Goal gets taken off the board, doesn't count, and all of a sudden the momentum is back on, on Vegas' side. Game three, Knights score, Wild answer immediately to tie it at one one. Goal gets taken off the board. And then they don't score again for the rest of the game. So, I, I mean, I look back at those two plays as being the two biggest plays of the series. Well,
0: let's break down what the Knights did on the way back. It's funny. We're uh, at Bailiwick inside the Orleans. They're showing a uh, Charlie Moore show. Uh, Fisher dude. And he does all these celebrity interviews, hangs out with celebrities. And it's like real jovial and happy. And it's Johnny Damon. Well, Johnny Damon's had some things develop since I'm assuming he taped the show. Uh, I don't know that he's doing a lot of interviews right now because he's had some problems. Uh, I won't even say, away from whatever. I don't know what he does for a living. I know he was on below deck. Uh, but he's had some problems. But you know what? Time heals. Time heals. Because God Almighty, you would think uh, Jesus in golf spikes was playing golf yesterday and winning the PGA. Phil Mickelson, role model, great comeback story, Teflon guy, Mr. Perfect, wins the PGA at 50. Yay! Let's celebrate. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Biggest moment of a legendary career. Phil defeats father time. You're listening to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. There is $18 million man, Jim Nance, worth every penny, right? I have no idea what he makes, (laughs) I know. uh, There were rumors that Nance wanted 18 mil like Romo gets from CBS to stick around. Uh, There he is, PGA Championship. We'll get to the hero, the guy who beat Father Time. Everyone loves him. Even here in Vegas, right, Adam? Even here in Vegas. We'll get to Phil Mickelson (laughs) inside of five minutes. So, yeah, we sit here 3-1. Golden Knights are leading the wild. Shrewd coaching moves, right, on the sidelines, in game especially. That helps. So what they do, what they do to turn this whole thing around at the Wild, just in general, because they had so much trouble playing there, and now they're sitting here with a three-one lead.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it's tough to really like pinpoint like a strategic thing or uh, anything that they did. I think you know, getting a win there um, late in the season uh, probably helped a little bit, uh, but I think it was more just kind of weathering the storm because we saw. The first, the first, first period in Minnesota, which is the first period of Game Three. It looked like it was going to be more of the same for the Golden Knights in Minnesota. It was going to be typical, go go in there and just get run out of the building, because for whatever reason, the the Knights have just never played well there, never been able to uh, overcome, you know, that kind of onslaught that Minnesota can put on you uh, when they're at home. That you know, Matt Dumba said going in. You know, we are a different beast in that building. And after it was 1-1 in Vegas, they were so confident that they were going to go get two wins back in Minnesota. And it looked like it. But for whatever reason, the 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 you know the experience in the playoffs, the resiliency uh, that the Golden Knights showed in, in weathering that storm, being down 2 nothing, and as we said, could have been 3, but that overturned goal, which was so big to keep them in it, uh, that really just helped turn things around. And a lot of that was... Hey, Mark Stone wasn't necessarily playing that well. He goes and gets that goal in game three. Uh, kind of jump starts the offense a little bit, settles things down, uh, turns it around for the Knights, and then, you know, game four, just Minnesota really never got it going. And I think that, you know, not getting a win, you think back-to-back games, game two and three, Minnesota was so much better than the Golden Knights were. So much better in both of those first periods. And they got a grand total of zero wins out of that, and so I think that that took a lot out. Just soul crushing. Yeah, that took a lot out of the wild, and, and I think the Golden Knights were able to take advantage of that with, you know, like I said, the experience. They've been there before. They've got a lot of guys that have that have played through a lot of you know playoff games, and uh, they've been through adversity of the playoffs. They've they've kind of seen what it takes to win games. My God, the other thing. When do we
0: stop talking about this expansion draft and how the Golden Knights just destroyed people in this draft? Good rules. We'll see if Seattle can do the same thing. I don't think so because, you know, the Knights kind of put up the warning signs for everyone by fleecing so many squads. For a Minnesota Wild fan, they're like, Alex Tuck. Again, yeah. again, again, again,
1: again. Tell the audience the story of Tuck who don't know about it. Well it went with the same it went with a lot of teams and that's why you know when people talk about the Golden Knights, you know, taking advantage of the expansion draft or you know, being much better much quickly, much more quickly than a lot of people thought they could or than other teams have in the past, it's not necessarily that the rules were set up for them. It's that it's that other teams didn't play the system right and didn't understand what was going on. So other teams out there we were so scared of losing certain guys. Here you go. That they were basically dictating to the Knights, like, hey, we want you to take this person. Right. We'll give you this, 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 and this right. to take this person. Here's picks and a promising player. <laughs> like and over and over and over again. And what you should do is just say, you know what? We're going to lose our ninth guy. Right. Like, whatever. We're going to lose him and go ahead and take him. We're not going to give you our ninth guy, 14th, 15th, 16th, and three draft picks to take that certain guy. <laughs> like, just take him. So yep. so, when people are like, "Well, we'll see if the rules are so beneficial with Seattle." No, you won't. Teams are not going to they, do the they, same thing. They laid, they laid the groundwork. They, Everyone's been warned. Don't do this. Right, they learned their lesson. Yep. And and you know the knights. This is not like a criticism of the knights. The knights had to you know finagle those those well, trades. They, they had to pick the right people. They had to, un, they, they also had to understand the system sure. and how to take advantage of it, and they did. Sure. But but they but listen, it was. A much more favorable expansion draft situation than any other team has ever had. All right, on Tuck, though, we've but we've got, done this. We've done the. It's not a big deal. The Knights put this team, but, but, that, but that's on in on, the t- on the Tuck story in Minnesota, they basically just didn't want to. They didn't want to lose Matt Dumba, so they were like, "Hey, take Tuck instead. Take him, and we'll give you some other some other." Some and other I get the sentiment, but yeah. they get you know they exposed a hell of a player, yeah, or they gave a hell of a player, yeah, and, and they. You know they did that to protect guys that they wanted. They wanted to protect extra guys beyond what you were allowed to protect, and basically just handed Alex Tuck and and others uh, to the Golden Knights. Stings too
0: because you know there's, he's got the ties to the area, so just that never feels good to watch a guy kicking your ass that you had and had ties to the area. Was a hometown guy, home area guy, so nightmare.
1: Uh, it, it's it's a mess for uh, you know four for teams. That that did that, but then when you have to end up playing the Golden Knights in the playoffs, uh, it's even worse. Like you, you, think about the Penguins, and they basically begged the Golden Knights and bribed the Golden Knights to take marc Andre Fleury away from them. Uh, so if they were to play in the playoff in the finals this year, as could potentially happen, uh, they'll they'll see the other side of that. It, it's you know, it's te- teams are haunted by this uh, for several years, and and again they've learned their lesson, and they'll see it going into. Um, You know, into this, uh, into the rest of the postseason, you know, you're gonna you're gonna see the Golden Knights continue. I I would imagine they're gonna win and uh, maybe move on and play some other teams that uh, gave up. If they get past Colorado, then find some other teams that uh, have guys that you know they could have had in their system.
0: So that sick feeling that Wild fan had, or Wild fans, there's not one fan, Wild fans
1: had over the weekend. Sure. Same for you with Phil Mickelson. Ugh. I just despise him. I know I despise him, and not not only what a story, what a story, what perseverance. Not only did I not want him, I just I don't like him. I despise him. I always have, but not only that, then I I didn't think he could win. Like I just assumed he would fade. Did Did you just bet against him at every turn you could? I, I was loading up on every single other guy. I had such I had good numbers on every other player that was in the mix. And like just fading, Phil was, was the plan, with all the live betting. And so, and if any other golfer that was in contention would have won, I would have I would have been in a pretty good spot. And yet, it's Phil Mickelson that somehow emerges a guy who has been playing terribly in the games in the in the tournaments he's been playing has been, you know, playing on the on the champion's tour, uh, just a disaster all around. What, what, a, what a nightmare. And, and yet yesterday I'm sitting, uh, I was sitting in a sports book yesterday uh, watching the end of, of the golf uh, tournament along with some hockey, some basketball, some baseball, just trying to check out all the games. And, like, fans are actually cheering for him. They're actually cheering for him. Why? What on earth is a, you know, salvageable quality of that person? I don't know. It was just, it was bizarre. I mean, I guess he's old, so you, you like that, I, I guess. I feel like Vegas has a different
0: relationship with Phil Mickelson for people who have been paying attention. Sure. Between some of his weird gambling habits here, like not tipping, yeah. um, and also Billy Walters. Yeah. where he- And it's a story that's never, he's, I feel like he's it's just gone. Like he, he was a stock cheat, you know, white collar criminal.
1: I and mean, you want to get nasty, he was a rat, you know, turned, got, He got favorable treatment. And it wasn't even, not even really even turning, it's almost even worse. Like, all he had to do was show up at the trial and testify to the same thing that he said. He said, hey, it wasn't inside, we, you know, it, it, was, it was, everything's on the up and up, it was fine. Right. And he was worried it would, it was, it would affect his endorsements. Because he said he said I'm just going to go in and plead the fifth, so they just ended up not calling him. Like, and he was worried that he his endorsement deals would be affected by keeping somebody out of prison. Just, it's a lot of people don't like the guy. No, <laughs> that's that's just that's that's yeah.
0: gross. Well, I would I would guess if you ask you most golf fans and they you know they said who you know who's kind of dirtier away from the course they would say Tiger. 95% of the time versus Phil. Who's dirtier away? Yeah. Yeah, he's got a worse reputation away from the golf course. Phil or Tiger? I don't think Phil. No, it would be like 95-5 and, and uh, you know, Tiger on the wrong side of that. You know, the 95. People don't know. Yeah. Oh. It was the thing, it was the thing yeah. that was brushed under the carpet. You're, you're, Didn't get you're a lot saying, of coverage. Yeah. yeah, you're saying people that are hey, who, who's, who's, who's got a worse reputation away from the course, Tiger or Phil?
1: For the average fan, you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think in the golf world, it would be Phil. It would be <laughs> would be the one. And then the average fan that doesn't know, that doesn't follow, you'd be like, oh, Tiger. All right, quick timeout. We'll come back. We're at Ballywick here on Monday.
2: Cofield and company will be back in minutes right here on ESPN
0: Las Vegas. Silver 7's Hotel and Casino and William Hill Race and Sportsbook are teaming up for another great year of exciting sports action. Sign up for a William Hill Nevada mobile sports account and you'll receive a $50 bonus on top of your $50 deposit by using promo code GET50. Plus, Silver 7's Hotel and Casino has newly remodeled rooms, redesigned suites, new private cabanas, and an updated spacious gaming floor with over 400 slot machines and $3 electronic table games. Don't miss all the action at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino on the corner of Flamingo and Paradise. Do you hear my computer career ads and think I don't know anything about computers well you don't have to before starting many graduates could turn a computer on and off and that's it. Now they're IT pros. You could do it too. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation. You could start your new life in as little as four months. Grants covering up to
1: 53% of the cost are available to those who qualify. It's not rocket science. It's My Computer Career. At the Best Mattress Memorial Day sale, save up to $1,800 on rest and Serta Perfect Sleeper mattresses targeted support for pressure relief and ideal sleep temperature plus no down no interest financing for up to 72 months best mattress sleep easy friends
0: hi chef jet tila here to introduce the dragon tiger noodle company to las vegas i've traveled the world in search of the best noodles like our house-made egg noodles in chinese bone broth with bok choy and grilled chicken dragon tiger noodle company my noodles your way
2: you're listening to Cofield and Company
0: on ESPN Las Vegas. Bailey, we get the spot for game five. Fire it up. Fire it up. We'll see if the Knights can close it out tonight against the Minnesota Wild. It's 3-1 after a, uh, a great game on Saturday, dominant game, 4 nothing victory. Another shutout for Florida. We'll get into the uh, historic nature of that one. Adam Hill is here. It's Cofield. Angel's here. As well, uh, they open up here at four o'clock. So stop by after four o'clock. That's when happy hour begins, and then the the game is up at seven thirty. I'll be hanging out uh, through at least the beginning of the game with some t-shirts and a sign-up for a chance to win a VGK jersey. Weird deal today with Julio Jones. I think we all know <laughs> what's coming. Sure, that he's going to be moved. It's a, a virtual certainty because the, the Falcons are. Set at receiver. They just got Kyle Pitts. Uh, Gage can step up to the two. They had you know, Ridley exploded last year. And Julio Jones is making a lot of money and he's 32 years old.
1: And within the last, like, ten minutes, they also just signed Tajay Sharp, which okay. to me was like, yeah, we're going to need another receiver.
0: I guess when you follow the, the signings wire and, yeah, you see stuff like that or that the Texans have 17 quarterbacks on the <laughs> roster. It should tell you something, right? We'll get to Deshaun Watson a little later on. So Julio Jones is going to be on the move, and I think there's going to be a lot of people interested in him. But what the hell was going on today? Did Shannon Sharp call him out of the blue and not tell him he was on the air? Do you think he got a heads up? Did he give Julio Jones a heads up? Was that just spur of the moment? Because that was – I'm not going to say it was, like, out of the ordinary because sometimes players are like, hey, this is reality. Yeah, you know what? I'll say the, I'm done, at, I'm done right. with the Falcons. That's fine. I don't know about the, you know, the Cowboy comment. I don't think I would say that. What do you think happened?
1: I think that Shannon Sharp called Julio Jones out of the blue. Uh, I mean, I, listen, they are. It is a national show. First of all, I hope for Fox's sake that he that Shannon Sharp set it up with Julio Jones and said, "I'm going to call you on my cell phone on the show." But he calls on the cell phone on a speaker phone on live TV and has a conversation. Now, I don't care about these things you very much do so i think you more than anybody would say as a host of a live national television show if you're having a guest on there's no way you would do it on a speakerphone oh, yeah. holding it up Well,
0: i mean there is a, there's an organic nature to it and it does kind of come off as cool like what other talking head show can just there are others but which one can just you know have the guy the the topic du jour on the phone like that. Right, but
1: if you're going to land like the interview that everybody's wanted in the business, yeah. you're going to want audio that's I would, good. I would now, hate that. I, again, I don't care. I'll right. be like, hey, we get the sound, we get the sound. You, I mean it, you are no, you're a, a lunatic. No, I'm a psycho, but there's also,
0: there is also, hey, calling a guy out of the blue, maybe sure. you get something. Sure. Now, he could be pissed off. I, Julio Jones doesn't, has anything come out? He doesn't strike me as it. a guy to would be like, I did not say that. <laughs> I was wrong <laughs> right, by right. Shannon Sharp. He's also a guy, I think, he's... I, He's gotten pissed off with the Falcons. I mean, he's at least once he, you know, before he already he scrubbed all of his social media right. it was like a year and a half ago. So he seems like a very, you know, strong-headed dude and he's just
1: like, "Yeah, whatever, I'll say it." Yeah, I mean, I don't think he'd be embarrassed that he said it or want to take it back or anything like that, but I don't think he I don't think he knew that he was on the air. I mean, from a if you're emotional about what the Falcons have done and
0: are doing going live on air, and saying you're gone for sure, and also crossing a team off the list, kind of asks the Falcons. So if you're trying to stick it to them, because Schefter had it today that the Falcons have been calling people and asking for a first round pick. No. Okay. Yeah. That is not going to happen.
1: No. A 32 year old dude to make what, like 18 mil? You ain't getting a first round pick. No. And that that's actually part of the reason why, when you said earlier, like it's not surprising, you know, Julio Jones will be traded. I've kind of thought all along, well, I'm not so sure. Only because, I mean, now I am, but only the only reasons were, hey, he's he's got a big salary. They're going to ask for the moon. And they didn't draft like a team that's rebuilding. No. They drafted like a team that is, hey, we're trying to well, win right now. If If they were rebuilding, someone more important than Jones would be gone. Matt Ryan's yeah. not around anymore. Right. So, so they're, they're playing for now. So to me, I thought, well, maybe they do ride this out, try to have this unbelievably dynamic offense and and move forward uh, and just say, hey, listen, we're not going to get what we want from Julio Jones, so we might as well keep him in at least one, one more year and see if this offense with you know Ridley and Jones and Kyle Pitts and everybody else just turns into like a juggernaut that can be effective. So I thought maybe there was a chance he wasn't going to get traded now. I mean, I feel like you almost have to, but again – now he's also depressing the trade value even more by, you know, I'm out of here. I'm torn
0: on this one if there's even going to be a trade. Because I didn't think Teddy Bridgewater could be traded, but then they worked it out money-wise. So there's always, I mean, it doesn't, doesn't seem feasible to me that, you know, one team takes on 75% of the money and, you know, the other team gets a free roll with a guy for nothing. Maybe that'll happen again. I guess if enough draft capital comes with, not draft capital, just capital in general, draft
1: capital plus maybe players comes back. Well it's a weird year too. That's where the other thing. With the with the depressed salary cap where you're like, how many teams have the ability to take on that salary? And you know, as you said, like you're gonna there's there's pieces you can move around and maybe make a part of the deal or you know, push the money down, or maybe if Julio Jones goes to a place that he wants to go, then you know, maybe renegotiates. I, I don't know. There's a lot of possibilities, but it is a it's a tough time of year and a tough year. To be trading a guy like Julio Jones and finding suitors that actually can have him on the roster. Do you have teams that come to mind? Well, here's the other thing. If he's only going to demand that he goes to a winning team, how many of those are, how many teams could win the Super Bowl this year? Like five. There's also weird situations like
0: if I go to the Niners, is Jimmy G the quarterback or Trey Lance?
1: True. Am I going to play with a rookie quarterback? Well, and, and then the other one, like, he seems to favor going to the Patriots. That's the reports. Yeah, that's well, like, interesting. Is that a winning team this year? It's not a position to put Belichick in, right? And Where he's one of the only suitors? You think you're going to get a lot back from him? Like, it from was Belichick? Le- It was leaked out that he thinks, you know, part of the reason he wants to leave is he thinks Matt Ryan has lost something on his deep ball, and you're going to go play with Cam Newton? <laughs> Well, there's a lot of people who think Cam was, you know, way less than 100% last year. Sure. And that a big bounce back I, is coming. I do. But I don't, I don't know that the big bounce back is coming. I, I would certainly be willing to bet that he was less than 100%. I just don't know how much healthier he's going to be this year. I mean, I'd be interested in
0: going to the Colts because I think sure. Wentz behind a good offensive line, and we'll see. They should be solid. But Wentz with Jones, you know, and that defense, that's a good team. Titans are interesting. Do they ever want to throw deep?
1: You know, do they ever want to throw on a down other than third? If you're a wide receiver, do you want to go to a place that's going to run the ball you know, 80% of the time? Right. Ground and pound. I know they don't run it 80% of yeah. the time, but um, yeah. I, can I, can the Raiders get in it with the money situation here? It, it, it's weird. Here's the thing. It, I don't know if it, if it sounds like I am a Julio Jones guy. I think the guy's unbelievable. I think it'd be a very, very silly decision by the Raiders to go get him. If what? Well, first of all, who who else is going who's going to make room for him to be here? So you're gonna have to give up somebody who's gonna be who's gonna play a role on the team. Also, like it's pretty clear that you've gotten much, much younger and you're quote unquote rebuilding. I mean, even though right. you're, you're what not are saying you, doing? you are yeah, what are you doing? What are you doing? Huh? What like we've said before, what on earth was the Raiders' plan? And, and I know, you know, I've talked about the, the pro football focus guys a lot. Like, I I think the phrase that has been said more on their podcast this offseason than any other phrase is, what was the Raiders' plan? Right. And now, like, what was the Raiders' plan? Rebuilding, getting younger everywhere, and adding an old and somewhat broken down wide receiver. Like, that. that's the plan? How was that? How did that fit in? It, it make like... Gruden wanting Julio Jones adds up to me. That makes sense. That's a guy that he would want. He's an unbelievable talent. He's been very, very good for a long time in this league, and I think he still does have a lot left for a team that's a contender. I don't think you're a contender. More
0: on Julio Jones coming up in the 4 o'clock hour, but up next we do our uh, weekly baseball spot, little VGK, as well as Dave Koken from D.C. and the Sunshine Man will be with us. Uh-oh, uh-oh, LaRusso last week acting like a fool, according to many of us, and they go into Yankee land and get destroyed. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield & Co. The 1-1. Trevor drives it to center field. Back Marte at the wall. It's gone! A walk-off winner. Touch of all time for Trevor's story. It's Cofield & Company on the road. Orleans today for Golden Knights Hockey inside Ballywick. Dave Koken is with us. DC and the Sunshine Man podcast on Friday nights. Of course, Dave's stuff is all on wagertalk.com. What's up, Dave?
2: Oh, I enjoyed a wild game in the last home game for the Dunedin Blue Jays. Uh, they'll go to Buffalo from here. And uh, Jays, the Rays just keep winning very quietly, 11 in a row now.
0: Nice, nice. Uh, I want to get to Trevor Story. You heard that highlight on the way back. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. But big series over the weekend was the Dodgers and the Giants. So what exactly happened aside from, hey, the, you know, the Dodgers are just better because that was a pretty good shellacking.
2: Well, they are just better, and that, that's really what it comes down to. The pitching uh, was there this weekend for the Dodgers, and the offense got cranked up. Uh, the Giants, you know, look, they, they played outstanding ball so far, I think, better than just about anybody projected. But they really don't look like – 500 club, uh, maybe a little better than 500, that's about it. Uh, I would think they'll need to improve their roster at some point if they want to seriously contend. And, and by that time, I, I think the Dodgers and, and Padres will probably have put them away.
0: You know, we talked about Pujols a couple weeks ago and that you know, it was pretty much a lot to go to the American League. You surprised the Dodgers not only signed him, but they're using him a lot?
2: Well, they haven't used him because you know they're a little bit short-handed out there. Uh, I think once they get people back that'll change but look they're aggressive and they're just trying to catch some lightning in a bottle and we'll see if they can get some production out of them i don't think they'll get much but at this point i mean it didn't cost them anything so why not
0: dave what do you think of uh, dave roberts saying uh, we haven't seen a rival real rivalry game like this in a while like wait what? the giants are the rival or the padres are the rival what's going on dave roberts
2: well if you look at an old school rivalry i guess uh, it was good to see a Dodgers-Giants series that was really meaningful early in the season. Yeah. But the real the real rival this year is the Padres, no question about that. And the Padres probably laughing a little bit about that and uh, putting it on the bulletin
1: board. Yeah, the Padres have been turning it up. They've been getting hot despite all the guys that were gone. How much of a gap do you see between the Dodgers and the Padres, if there's any at all? Oh, I don't think
2: there's much at all. Um, I Full strength, maybe the Dodgers are a little bit stronger, but it's... It's slim margin, and these are both playoff teams. Because, you know they've got a whole bunch of games to play with one another still to go this season, and a real good possibility they'll meet the playoffs as well.
1: Uh, if you, you said you, you didn't really think necessarily too highly of the Giants' uh, long-term prospects, uh, should they should they try to add? Should they try to be a contender as as we get closer to you know getting to the middle of the season when teams have to make decisions if they're buyers or sellers?
2: Well, I mean it's a little early. Nobody's going to make a big move at this point. Um, and we'll see where we are in six or eight weeks. I don't know if the Giants are going to hang in that long. Kevin Gossman's been great, and I think he'll continue to be strong. Uh, I'm not sure if Karpani can maintain what he's been doing most of the season. And the bullpen is lousy. Uh, if they are going to pick something, it's going to be in the bullpen. That, that is an area of concern for that team. As, as pleasant as a surprise as the Giants have been, uh, the bullpen has not been helping them out.
0: I was going to say the problem with the Giants are kind of in no-man's land. You, know, you mentioned as a He'd be a guy you could trade. But it's not like they have a, you know, a ton of high-end guys that they get a whole lot back for. So they're kind of in that position where I think if they tweak a little bit, they can actually contend. If they actually add, they can contend.
2: Yeah, I don't think they'll sell regardless. Right. Because they've got some good prospects on the way. And I think they're looking at this and saying, well, we've got a good nucleus now. Uh, so, if anything, they might buy. I don't think they will be a big splash buyer, though, because then they'd have to give up a lot of stuff, and uh, I don't know that they've got to do
0: that. Dave Cokin's with us for Talking Baseball on a Monday like we do every Monday. Looking at the the trade market, and I know it's early, but The, uh, the Athletic had a good story, and Jim Bowden was featuring in it, um, and they were bouncing around the idea of Chris Bryant going by by the Vegas guy from the Cubs because he's in the last year of his deal. Who would you rather have, Story? We heard the home run earlier. Trevor Story or Chris Bryant?
2: It's a real tough one. I'd like either one. Uh, But Story is a a guy who plays a premium position, and he's really good. Uh, Bryant, I guess the health concerns are are going to be there. Is he going to be able to go out there and play 150 games every season. So maybe a little bit toward Trevor Story. He might also, interestingly enough, come cheaper in the offseason because there's so many shortstops that are going to be available in free this year. That market might be more of a seller's market or a buyer's market than a seller's market.
0: Dave, Dave, how about the Cubs just keep them because the Cubs are actually pretty decent? How about the Cubs just keep them and try to compete?
2: Oh, I I think the Cubs will. I don't don't see the Cubs uh, shopping anybody. That division is going to be congested all season long. So I I don't think the Cubs are going to be sellers. I don't know that anybody will be sellers in that division except for the Pirates, who are always sellers.
0: All right, what happened – with the Yankees against the White Sox specifically, and in general, how have the Yankees turning this thing around?
2: Pitching. Um, I mean, they've got 35 straight scoreless innings from their pitchers right now. their starting pitchers. And the bullpen was already real good. Uh, I mean, if the Yankees hit it all, they're going to win games. Uh, and the White Sox, well, got a little lesson this weekend. We'll see how they come out of it. They've been playing great baseball, and I don't think this three-game sweep is going to damage them that much, but... Um, a little dose of reality for the White Sox, I guess.
1: Oh, yeah. Do you? Would you connect at all, or, or are we trying to look for things that might not be there of, hey, maybe maybe La Russa lost them a little bit?
2: No, I, I think they just ran into real good pitching. Yeah. And they're a team that wins with offense for the most part. I mean, they've got outstanding pitching themselves. They're a team that has really been banging the baseball, and nobody's banging it against the Yankees right now. That hmm. pitching staff is on fire.
0: And the Yankees are still hitting home runs, right? But they're not, it's not all slug, uh, which is interesting because they've had a bunch of games where you know, they haven't really scored a, a ton of runs, and they've still won games. Uh, if you were going to add to the Yankees, you know, they, now they've got Hicks down for the year, another versatile guy, another local guy, would you be interested in Gallo, Joey Gallo? In that
2: stadium? Yeah, I'd love him. <laughs> <laughs> because, uh, you know, with that short porch in right field, he makes contact, he's going to hit a ton of home runs. And that's that's going to be really interesting to see what the Rangers do with Gallo. I don't think, I don't think they're going to deal him because they're in a new ballpark, and you just even if they're not going to be a good team this year, I don't think you want to send that signal to the fans that we're we're in for another rebuild, guys, and we're going to trade away the most popular player on the team. So I I think it would take a tremendous trade offer to get Gallo away from the Rangers.
1: Another big name that potentially could be on the move at some point. Uh, Max Scherzer from the Nationals, if, yeah. if you were them, would you, would you be looking to deal him? And what is it going to cost to get a guy like that?
2: I would not be looking to deal him because there's nothing to indicate that he's losing anything. Um, and you just don't, to me, you don't, you don't trade away elite starting pitching. Uh, and, again, I mean, if somebody blows them away with an offer, that's one thing, but they're not going to get blown away with an offer uh, for what amounts to a rental. Now, if they feel they can re-sign Scherzer in the offseason, uh, that's another story entirely. But I, I don't know anything about what the Washington front office payroll is going to be like in the offseason.
1: What is your take on, on the Twins and where they are right now? I mean, you won the series over the weekend, but um, obviously have had some struggles, some injuries, have some more uh, mounting. And uh, where is this team and where could they be as the season goes on?
2: Uh, boy, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> starting pitching hasn't been great. Bullpen's been lousy. Byron Buxton was playing tremendous baseball, and he gets hurt, and he's out till at least early June. Um, and they've fallen so far behind, I don't know that there's a lot they can do. Now, Santa Maeda gets hurt, although he was not pitching well anyway. Um, it's it just starting to look like one of those years the Twins where nothing's going to go right. And I don't know if there's much they can do about it because they've got holes all over the place. The bottom of the order is terrible. Uh, and again, you've just got too many guys to fix in the, in the rotation. Um, I don't know that you can solve it with one or
1: two trades. Dave, we've, we've seen some of the, some of the old timers, uh, in baseball kind of speak out and say that, you know, the strikeouts have ruined the game. Uh, they're unwatchable. Uh, I know you still enjoy baseball, but baseball is yeah. not unwatchable.
2: No, I mean, it's great if you like home runs, Everybody <laughs> swinging for the fences, uh, I have a feeling the live ball is going to come back into play next year.
0: might <laughs> um, be this year.
2: Yeah, really. Uh, no, the game's are fine with to me. I don't know. Old people like to complain. I'm an old guy, so <laughs> I should do more of it to fit yeah. in with my group. But uh, I don't know. There's not that much to me to complain about, I guess.
0: Well, you know, it's great. The, the story where some older guys were complaining that they've the baseball has lost them. One was Reggie Jackson, who – yeah, I mean he was he's a great player, but he struck out like twenty twenty six hundred times. The other one was Nolan Ryan, who had a million strikeouts. I'm like, wait, guys, why don't you like the game?
2: Yeah, I don't I don't get it.
0: Um I don't know,
2: I, I, I can't explain their mindset. Uh, I mean every sport evolves. And baseball is going through an evolving that I guess some people don't like right now because it's kinda of gotten into three true outcomes of baseball. Uh and maybe it's here to stay. I don't know. But, judging by the reaction from most fans, I think the game's pretty healthy right now. I think all sports are pretty healthy right now. Everybody's thrilled to have fans back in the stands. Yep. They're watching games. They're going to games. I think the health of baseball and, and other sports is pretty good right now.
0: Last one, Dave. How many more of these uh, little outbreaks, and you can't predict it, but based on uh, what's been going on with the vaccine, how many more of these little outbreaks could happen with COVID? We had the Padres running into trouble we had the uh, Yankees run into trouble. I I know last week there was a story on the Cubs. That management there is kind of disappointed that they can't get to the 85% vaccination rate. Meanwhile, there are reports that the Mariners are at 50%. What is going on? You got me.
2: Um, but, you know, I'm pro-vaccination, so I guess I'm biased. <laughs> uh, I, I don't understand the mindset of people who don't want it, but that's their choice. And, you know, free country, so... You don't yep. want to get it, don't get it, I
0: guess. Dave was around. He's getting the measles, the mumps vaccine. He's getting, uh, you, you probably had a freaking polio vaccine at some point. No, Dave? <laughs> Is that- well, I had a polio vaccine, but I was too old
2: to, uh, I got the measles from the chicken pox. Uh, oh, vaccines really? Weren't around. Those vaccines weren't around when I was
0: a kid. Yeah. I wish they were. Yeah. Crazy stuff. All right, Dave, we'll talk to you on Friday. And uh, what do you got planned this week on Wager Talk? I know, uh, aside from the pics on the website, you guys are also doing a bunch of videos, right?
2: Yep, baseball and hockey for me, and uh, I'll try to pick a winner in golf. I sure didn't have Phil Mickelson over the weekend, but <laughs> then again, I don't know anybody who did.
0: Yeah, it was pretty amazing. All right, Dave, we appreciate it. Thank you.
2: Take care, guys.
1: Thank you, sir.
0: Get him back on the phone. I wanted to ask him about the uh, Golden Knights line. Oh. I let him go too early. Call him back. <laughs> Call him back. Uh, a couple of the notes that we hit on from uh, baseball. I actually, I could see the Cubs falling like, you know, seven games under 500 and getting out from under Chris Bryant, which is amazing. Like, it's such a r- ridiculous way to say it. I don't understand. I mean, I, he was injured last year. It was also a bizarre year for everyone. Oh, yeah. He's been a monster this year. Oh, he's been great. And, but- and, and, and now, here's the thing there were reports that they, they actually couldn't get a real trade for him in the offseason. So take advantage of that. Go, hey, you know what? You've bounced back a little bit, but we're still a little bit worried about you. Now I don't think I don't think he'll take a small deal. But you're not gonna try?
1: Yeah, well sometimes sometimes And by being... small I
0: mean like, you know, twenty three million dollars a year with a bunch backloaded. That you know what's amazing? The Scherzer deal. So Scherzer's up this year. He he actually I think he signed a hundred and forty four million dollar deal. He got a hundred and five of hundred and forty four. He got a lot of it deferred. I think from twenty twenty three to twenty twenty eight. Can this be right? He gets yearly fifteen million dollar payments.
1: That's nice. Even if he's not with the Nationals, that's nice though. I would take that. Right? It would be a nice that's deal. Bobby
0: Bo and the Mets on steroids.
1: I, I was I was actually trying to look up the uh, the the NL Central standings um, just to like see where, but is like everybody's so they're right bunched, there. So, everybody's so bunched up. There's everybody's no just, elite team. Right. They're still above five hundred. I mean, they're the Pirates
0: the Pirates suck ass, and sure. I think the Reds are gonna fall apart.
1: But everybody else was like, you know, within like six games of each other or so. Yeah. so um, it, it'd be tough to kind of fall out of the race enough to make that decision. So it would have to be more of a long-term thought than just you know, kind of selling for this year.
0: Don't you have to have some star building blocks in a franchise, right? I, mean, I would
1: think, if, especially if you're the Cubs.
0: Rizzo's, you know, he's getting a little long in the tooth.
1: They moved on from Schwarby. I mean yeah, he he th- like the the nucleus that we thought they'd have for, you know, maybe 10 15 years. Bryant and Bias? So you don't want both of them? I would. I mean Baez is that kind of guy that you can build yeah. around for sure, but
0: but in you know, Chicago, like,
1: hey, that Bias. That's it. Oh, remember remember that team that we all thought was going to be together for like 10 years and win four titles? One guy's left. Yeah. Even in Chicago, we're crying poor.
0: Visit lvsportsnetwork.com for access to the latest podcasts and best interviews.